your dear host forgot to say that this podcast is intended for Blindness Awareness Month. <laughs> All so we're putting this October. here. So I mean, happy Blindness happy Awareness, Blindness Month. Awareness month. Yeah. Woo! Make someone yeah. aware. Hello and welcome to the Challenge Solutions Podcast. My name is Caitlin. I'm joined by Cole and Macy, and today we're talking about advocacy, our favorite word here at the Challenge Solutions Podcast. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off by talking about some misconceptions that sightlings have and kind of how to combat those and then how to be your own best advocate and then advocate for your the rest of the blind community and move into like advocate responsibilities and how to advocate responsibly, basically. So to kick us off, Cole, what is the worst or weirdest thing a sightling has ever done to you because they didn't know how to interact with you because of your dysfunctional eyeballs? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, out of just just a side note, for misconceptions in general, I think the most annoying one, at least to me, is whenever someone's sighted guiding me for the first time and just immediately is like, oh, well, I can't do the stairs. Oh. Like, oh, let me go find an elevator or a ramp or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, I can do stairs. And then halfway down the stairs, I pretend to fall yes. <laughs> just to mess with them. Yeah, I had somebody come up to me and ask me if I could speak bail. That was hilarious. <laughs> speak um, braille? No, 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 no. He said speak bail. There was no <laughs> R. Was, not only did he not know what it was called, he also didn't know that it wasn't a spoken language. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, it was um, it was really funny. Yeah, he was he was a weird dude. He randomly just sat next to me one day, and I could tell he sat next to me because I was listening to music and paying no attention to anybody. And then just sat next to me. Aww, um, the I nerd. Like, I hate it when people do that. Right, and it, but he didn't say a word at first, and I took out my AirPod and I was like, "Hi." I, knew, I think he was surprised that I knew he was there. It was very creepy. People sit by me and don't speak on a regular basis. Like I'll be sitting on a bench in like a building on campus and people will just come up and sit down without saying anything. And I can't decide if it's a normal thing that people do in college to just plop down on long benches and not engage or if it's because I'm blind. Yeah, I don't know. I always say hi and I can't decide if that's weird or not, but I would like to at least acknowledge the fact that there is a person there. And if they don't want to continue the conversation, that's fine. That makes me a little concerned if someone sat down and went hi and they did nothing. Well, they usually say hi back, but if you say hi back and then pull stuff out of your backpack, that's kind of okay, shut up signals. But then at least I've acknowledged them, but they just, sometimes they will sit down and proceed to like eat their lunch without engaging at all. Yeah, the the worst one that... I still get, well, a couple actually too. So Mm -hmm. the first one is blind people don't feel faces. Oh my gosh. I should have said that one. You still, oh, that's that's so much better than mine. Yeah. I don't know if blind people have ever felt faces, but I know like Helen Keller did, but she was also deaf. And so like, I think people look at like Helen Keller and they think, Every blind person is Helen Keller and every deaf person is Helen Keller instead of separating like what would a blind person need versus what a deaf person person would need. need. Right. Because I also have people try to sign to me. Oh yeah, I get that all the time. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, they'll be like, hey, and and then they stop talking and I don't really know what's happening. Uh And then one time I had someone go, Oh, so I guess you don't speak sign language then. And I said, uh, no, I'm blind. (laughs) That's not not deaf. 
I can't see your hands moving. <laughs> Funny enough, yeah. I do know the alphabet inside. I also um, know the alphabet so. sign and a couple other signs because right. I had a deaf friend in high school. At one time, and I'm not sure if I could still do it all today. I don't but know if I could either. That is another huge misconception. People are, for some reason, just like sign language, like wrong, mm-hmm. wrong sensory loss. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like Helen Keller in general, just it cracks me up. Helen Keller is not the standard of blind people. Like Helen Keller is amazing, but like we're not all Helen Keller caliber, okay? Please stop comparing us. Even the three of us are extremely different and we are all blind. So to hold one blind person who also happens to have, you know, another disability to the standard for all blind people isn't right 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 we're not well, cookie cutters right i think that's where people go wrong in general too is they think every blind person is the same and they and think we all know each mean. other like we're one big happy family right oh my I gosh mean, yes like you yeah. go to the school or you go to like the store and someone's like hey my uncle's blind do you know so and so and i'm like why would i know your uncle wouldn't she know like wouldn't she have heard that your uncle knows you if it's you know her uncle well, not necessarily because to be fair, I have a lot of blind friends. I mean, right. a I also lot do. because you make them at like summer camps and stuff summer like camps that. Especially, so yeah. if someone like in a store, you know, here in state, this one lady was helping me at a gas station and mm-hmm. she, I was like, you're doing really good. Do you know someone who's blind? And she was like, yeah, I have a friend who has a daughter who's blind. So at that point, like, we're looking more at my age group. Exactly. So there is a yeah. good chance that I do know this person. But for someone to be like, yeah, my uncle Frank, you know, he's blind and he's like 50. Where would yeah, I no. see him? Yeah, that that doesn't make sense. Like I know some people that are like kind of in this area of the state, a lot of them uh, that are blind, but uh, and they're all, you know, about my age, maybe you know, a little younger. But. Right. Yeah, I have blind friends from all over, but we don't have a big giant network of every blindy ever. So yeah, we're not all connected, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that would be absolute chaos if we did. Oh, yeah. Because again, all of us are different. We have different interests. We like different things. Which yep. brings me to a small personal rant about misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Every blind person is not a musician. Please don't think they are. Please <laughs> don't. Or are they a writer? <laughs> Yeah, a a lot of blind people enjoy music and writing, Mm -hmm. but not every blind person has perfect pitch. Not every blind person can sing. Not every blind person has rhythm. So don't think it's that way. Yeah, and also one of the biggest misconceptions that I've seen too is that people don't understand that we are capable of navigating without assistance. Uh, Nothing's wrong if you need help or want help, but uh, a lot of people think that all blind people are just completely incapable of navigating the real world without a person in tow. And they don't always know like when it is a real safety risk. Like if there's a hybrid car at an intersection and I don't hear it and for some reason my dog doesn't traffic check me, grab me and say, hey, there's a hybrid car there. You're going to die if you step into that intersection. Only if I'm starting to step in that intersection, not if I'm just standing there. But also another one is it's not just traveling. It's like people think we can't do anything like people think that we can't cook Cook. like what about being blind would make it so that i could not cook does it take forever yeah but how do you think that blind like they don't i guess people just don't think of blind people as being able to survive by Mm -hmm. themselves right 
Right. Sighted people are so reliant on their vision that they assume that somebody who doesn't have that must not be able to do anything the right. same way that they do. And sure, we don't, may not do it the same way, but can certainly do it. You know what I mean? Right. If you can cook and, you know, have a small few different kind of things that we that we do to help keep us safe during it, but we still can. And I don't yeah. think that a lot of sighted people. Do I'm a pretty decent cook when I do bother to cook. I hate cooking, not necessarily right. because I'm blind, but because I can usually think of a million things I'd rather do. But <laughs> right. I'm actually pretty decent at it. And there are some good blind chefs in the world. So oh yeah, cooking yeah, is a thing sure. that blindies can do well. <laughs> Yes. Mm -hmm. Also, don't you guys love it when sighted people think that we can't use technology? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. When, when people tell me, um, you know, your, your phone's off, right? Yeah. You know, when I have a screen curtain, I'm just like, oh yeah, is it? And then, I, you know, I'll turn it off screen curtain. They're like, oh, now, now it's on. And then I do it again. And they're like, oh, it's <laughs> off now. I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm the one doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember one time, okay, this was after this person knew me for like a few weeks at least and had seen me like use technology and stuff, but they were at my house and they go, we were going to look something up and they're like, you wouldn't happen to have like an iPad or something, would you? And then they go, oh, never mind. That's stupid. And I was like, is why it? is that stupid? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, you do use technology, don't you? I'm like, yeah, of course. Then I grab my iPad Air and That's keyboard weird. and everything. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> People don't think about it. They don't think about it at all. And it cracks me up. It is hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Number one question. How do you use your phone? Um, get that all the time. Oh yeah. People, which I get, like, I, I can understand why people want to ask. And it's definitely not the worst question. It just, no, happens. no, no. And especially when you meet people online and then eventually mm -hmm. you have to break it to them but unless you are like me and you don't until you meet them sometimes. Um, but <laughs> they'll be the first thing is always, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first thing is always, um, oh, how are you texting? Like, right. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. I've gotten to just respond these? with my phone talks. Which yeah, is, I say that yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. My phone uh, tells me everything is what I basically would say. Yeah. I say usually my phone talks and lets me use alternative gestures to navigate. Ooh, wow, that's not that a sounds group fancy. of big words. I'm yeah. sure everyone gets that one perfectly. I like, I like how it was phone talks, not fancy. Alternative yeah. gestures to navigate. Well, like, For yeah, sure. I've decided that if I sound like I know what I'm talking about the first time and just say it real quick, they'll decide that they don't have to continue asking me stupid questions. It depends on who it is and how right. much I value that social connection. Yeah. <laughs> I do get that. I get yeah. that. Because if it's someone that I don't really want if it's to someone I don't want with, to be associated with, then I will spout alternative gestures. <laughs> yeah. But if it's like a new friend, then I will Try allow it to continue, it. Yeah. of course, because I don't care. Uh, I'll usually just be like, my phone talks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then for those people that are just like, you know, it's not on, right? That's so funny to me. <laughs> Yeah. What, yeah. Do they, what do they think I'm doing? Just like Just dancing my fingers the on the screen? Like, well, probably because all the gestures and stuff that we do are so weird for them anyway. Right. Like yeah. Back to the navigation and travel side of things. Another huge misconception that I get a lot now that I'm a guide dog user is that mm -hmm. people think the dog just knows where to go. Like you can tell your dog to find Starbucks and he'll take you there or that he can read streetlights and <laughs> nope, uh, nope. all things like that. And no, not, not reality. I not am the, the navigational system and my dog is just the eyeballs and he's a very good pair of eyeballs, but he can't mm -hmm. read streetlights and he still gets sidetracked 
attacked by yummy sandwiches sometimes. So yeah. yes, yeah, and the squirrels, and the squirrels, yes, squirrel. <laughs> He's yeah, actually like- not as bad with the squirrels. He he handles squirrels very well. Yeah. yeah, I love that they just think like from anywhere in the world you could be like find the Starbucks, and he would just be like, all right, master, and just like yes, no. just go. Now I will say that my dog is very good at taking me to chairs at coffee shops because we spend so much time in coffee shops and he's right. learned that if mommy gets a latte, he gets to lay on the cool tiles for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, so he will go there. Even if I don't tell him to go there, he will show me all the Starbucks Starbucks guy. Every Starbucks oh, no, we pass, he will show me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I can't just tell him to find Starbucks and him take me there for the most part. We that's not, right. Yeah. Well, I still like, have to know how to get there. Mm-hmm. The, the question that I always get is like, well, how does, how do they know where to go? And I was like, well, technically they don't. They just know right. how to go where I tell them to. Exactly. If I say, if, you know, I've heard the best, the best way I've heard it described is um, in terms of the two mobility, two main mobility aids of a, of a cane and a dog is that a cane is an obstacle detector while a dog is an obstacle avoider. Right. That's it. It's not a navigation. Like, you know, the dog does not know where to go. Right. I will know. I will choose to go where I need to go. And then with a cane, I will find the obstacles and with the dog, I will avoid them. Right. Yeah. You still have to know. And, but yet also I love that people are less likely to offer help if you have a dog because they have, because they think that the dog yep. is doing all that, which right. it almost cracks me up because I mean, well, you probably are less likely to need help like crossing a street or something. In reality, you're still navigating. Yeah. You're, you're still, you know, doing everything. I'm still in control. And let me tell you, getting lost with a dog is oh sometimes gosh. so much worse than getting lost with a cane because you don't yeah. have tactile feedback. Mm-mm. Like at this point, it's pretty rare if I'm walking a familiar route that I get super disoriented with my dog because I'm pretty, I've gotten it's really good at route. echolocation yeah. at this point and my dog is pretty good at staying on task. But in the event that I'm going somewhere new and in an unfamiliar area or I do get off track or have to take You're a detour or something- Man, more. you can get so lost, and I will sometimes pull out a cane for the sake of tactile feedback in that situation. Yeah, it's important. So it's it's really not any different. Like we're still just as likely to get lost, less likely to need help, like you know, finding curves or streets or anything like that because the dog can target them. Yeah. But still, like, don't assume that just because we have a dog, the dog has everything under control because. Really, that's just a Labrador in a harness who's been highly trained and we're still in control of the situation. Exactly. With our dysfunctional eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, like something that happened to me um, when I first got back and I was kind of going around my neighborhood. There's this one area where the uh, the curb downwards, the ramp down, you step down like kind of into the ramp, but it, it cuts really deep into the actual sidewalk. Oh, I hate those. It, so whenever I first got there, she like slowed up and I reached out forward. She was just a little short of it. So I didn't feel it. And so I said, all right, you know, forward and stepped down. And I was like, oh, I just went into the street. Did not mean to do that. When I didn't, it was just, it was just that curb going down that she was stopping at to like, be like, are you wanting to you know, turn here? Right. And so I backed up and was like, well, I'm going to go to the right then. And <laughs> went up the driveway. Oh, <laughs> that's awkward. Yeah. And then I was, and then I, it was like, oh, I'm in a driveway and was very confused for a bit and would have loved a cane just a little bit. But, you know, I figured it out. Car drove by. I was like, all right, that's the street. You need to run parallel to that. Yeah. And then figured right. it out. But yeah. Right. 
Blindies be prepared and sightlings stop making assumptions that the dog knows everything <laughs> or that blindies are incapable and need your assistance 24 seven. Exactly. Well, and yeah. speaking of that, I think the next thing we need to get into is kind of like when you do need assistance, because those times mm -hmm. will come. And Absolutely. also when you don't just yeah. basically advocacy, what is advocacy? How would you guys define it? it like in your lives? So to me, advocacy is like, first of all, making sure that you have the things you need to be the most independent and successful person that you can be. And then also advocating for further rights and advancements for the rest of the visually impaired community. Like there's kind of a dual mm -hmm. definition there, I suppose. But, right. you know, there's advocacy in your daily life for yourself. But then also you have to understand that all the advocacy that you do could affect future blind people in your community. And uh, you have to kind of keep that in mind, too, that, mm -hmm. you know, you're advocating for them as well. I, you know, I think... My, you know, I think that's, you know, a great definition, I guess, you know, for me, it's making sure you have, whether it's asking whoever it's asking, um, if you need accommodations, but having what you need when you need it mm -hmm. and, um, expressing even some things that, that you want, you know, if, if people are making you uncomfortable with the way that they are interacting with you, uh, yeah. speaking up about that is, you know, and that, and that, that's a need, you know, I think mm -hmm. you, you know, you need to be able to feel comfortable in those social situations. And so having what you need when you need it and the things that you want when you want it, I think Definitely. being able to express that is uh, I think that's what advocacy is. Right. right, for sure. I feel like the best definition that I have is asking for what you need and letting people know when you don't need something you're getting. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's also that's also important. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you you cannot as a blind person, you can't expect the world to be made to accommodate you. You can't expect <laughs> right. people to be prepared to wait at your every beck and call. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is tell people what you need. And exactly. if you need something such as accommodations in a class or anything like that, and you're not getting, that's absolutely something that you should fight for. And fighting for that is like Caitlin said, not just advocating for yourself, but for the next blind student who comes after you. Exactly. Right. Has long lasting effects. Definitely. Yes. Like something that I've experienced a lot, especially with virtual learning happening is mm -hmm. that, uh, Pearson, our buddy Pearson, uh, is not <laughs> not blindy friendly at no. all. Like, nope. really, nope. really not. Some things are fine. Most things are very much not fine. So, <laughs> you know, first of all, I reached out to the access office here at my school and said, hey, uh, this is all Pearson based and we all know how Pearson works with JAWS. What are we going to do about this? But then I reached out to Pearson and said, hey, I'm blind and I can't use your stuff for the 9,000th time. Will you please fix it? Um, <laughs> because yeah. yes, I can get a Word document to do my stuff here. But if you don't tell, you know, people that their stuff doesn't work, obviously you want to be nice about it. I use prettier words than, hey, for the 9,000th time, your stuff doesn't work. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, if you don't tell them what's wrong and how to make it better, they're not going to. to change. You yeah. can't expect change. I mean, if there's not a demand there won't be change. And, right. you know, even if there is a demand, you have to voice that in a respectful way 
that they can understand and let them know that, hey, I would love to use your products, but I can't because I'm blind and they don't work with my technology. Here's mm-hmm. how to improve it. Or here are some people who can help you improve it. And Or at least here's the problem I'm having. Right. right. At the very mm-hmm. least, yeah. here's the problem I'm having. And the more information you can give, the better Exactly. they'll be in terms of fixing it but you know you kind of need to reach out even if it doesn't help another blind student it can help you the next time you have to deal with that totally class, next, yeah the next sure. class yeah because ultimately the goal is that you don't want to have to go through an accessibility office to get you know alternative stuff in word documents you want yeah. the mainstream thing to work so right. you know there's kind of That's twofold things here that you have to deal with to make sure that your needs are met both now and in the future yeah The earliest memory that I have of the word advocacy and what it meant to advocate for myself was, Mm -hmm. I think I've told the story on our YouTube channel a little bit, but when I was in third grade, I remember my teacher handed the class an assignment and she didn't have it brailled. And we'd kind of been through a lot with this teacher and Mm -hmm. we had, this has happened often. And of course, in the classic blind person way, I would get the stuff late and I would have to make it up later. And mm-hmm. on top of all the work that I had later. Yep. So she handed this paper out to the class and it was a print paper. And she said, oh, here, take this down to your TVI and see if she'll braille it. And so I go down to my TVI's office and I walk in the door and <laughs> I don't remember this too well, but according to her, I was so mad. I was like in tears mad <laughs> because I was like, she didn't give this to you to Braille and now I'm going to have to do it next week on top of whatever else she gives us next week. And you've got to go talk to her. Apparently that's what I told, that's what I told my TVI. You've got to mm-hmm. go talk to her. Yep. And my TVI said, what do you want me to do about it? She's your teacher. <laughs> and I was like, no, you have to go. And she's like, nope, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Nope. And she was like, I will stand beside you, but you're going to tell your teacher what you need and why this is making you upset. And sure enough, she walked me down to that classroom and I had to tell my teacher that, look, whenever you don't get things brailled, I have to do them later on top of the rest of what you assigned. And I'm sure my wording was not that good because I was in third grade. Right, right. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to tell my teacher what I needed and why I needed it. And from that point on, I just started doing that. So for anyone who's kind of you know, not quite in the high school world yet, or not quite in even the virtual world yet. Advocacy is still super important for you. Advocacy is everything from emailing a tech company whose products aren't accessible to, you know, talking to your teachers to talking to people on the street if you need help or whatever you may need, you just have to ask and things aren't always going to go exactly how you want them to go. But you're also not going to get anywhere if you don't ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even know how many times I have to advocate for myself in a given day or Mm -hmm. week when I'm in public, especially not when I'm quarantined probably, but even like emailing a teacher to ask for an alternative assignment or just anything, all those things, you've got to be able to tell someone, Hey, this isn't working for me. And here's how you can fix it. Right. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, they don't know it's not working if you don't tell them or they don't know what you need if you don't tell them. Sightlings aren't mind readers and you can't expect them to just know everything or be able to get what you need. And even if you do set forth an accommodation plan, obviously you want those accommodations to be met without you having to ask for every single assignment or whatever it may be to be modified. But the reality is you're living in a sighted world and sightlings forget and 
you're not the only person that they're dealing with and you do need extra things that are out of their routine. Mm -hmm. So you still need to say, Hey, just a reminder, I need this thing. And that's still advocacy. You're advocating to, you know, have your things met and it's, it can be annoying and exhausting, but yeah, that that's just unfortunately part of your responsibility. And I think you should just, you know, learn to do it well and be nice about it. And hopefully it'll eventually advance and we won't have to do this as much. (laughs) Right. You can't expect people to know what you don't tell them. Exactly. Yes. And they aren't going to know because they aren't you. And so if you want them to know, which you need them to know to help anything uh, to get better. Right. And again, every blind person is different. So me advocating for my needs is not necessarily going to be the same needs of another blind person. So you can't assume that like when I was taking math classes in college, I wanted everything in hard copy braille. And I was doing that with a note taker and I kind of had to fight with some people to get that done on time because math braille takes forever to get accomplished. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. Cole came along and could do everything auditorily just fine and (laughs) did not need all the extra stuff that I needed to be successful in a math classroom or uh, passable in a math classroom because numbers aren't my friend. (laughs) Right. And that's, and and that's just each person has their own needs. Right. And you have to know where, you know, your needs are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am confident enough to be able to say that I cannot do math verbally. I have no business doing math without hard copy braille in front of me because I cannot math. I can't. (laughs) So I had to really advocate for that. And then Cole came along. It was probably a relief to everybody in charge of doing the accommodations. It was like, I don't need braille. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think big, big help was also everything going online. Right. Uh, Right. Helped with that as well. Because everything was already kind of in its auditory format, technically a digital format, but spoken, so auditory uh, for me. Right. Well, I can't relate Jaws. because I took college algebra online and still had to have the whole thing in hard copy Braille. So, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think this is kind of the difference between advocacy and activism. I right. think that advocacy is letting the people around you know what you need and what mm-hmm. is going to work for you. Whereas activism, which we're going to talk about in a second, is advocating for the entire blind community. That's a really hard thing to do because every blind person is different. But I think Mm -hmm. it's important when you specifically decide to be an activist and to stand up for not just yourself, but for other members of your community as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to represent them well. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are kind of on the difference between activism and advocacy. Right. I would say like, you know, one of the big things is if you're going to take this stance in activism of advocating for the entire blind community, you need to be selective and and understand that you need to pick the right thing to be advocating about in something that will be more of a universal thing than more of a personal need, right? Like grabbing somebody's cane arm or, or guide dog leash, like we discussed earlier, I think that is something that is I think universally a problem between sighted people and their assumptions and some things that they do and things that we need to advocate for as blind people. I think that that is one of those things where I think you can be an activist about, but there are some more personal needs that aren't something like when we were talking about with math, you know, I don't think we should go out on a, in a public thing and be an advocate in the way of saying everybody needs to always have a bunch of braille math. You know what I mean? Right. For everything that may help a lot of people. And maybe it is actually a majority of blind people. 
right. that need that. But well, I think it's important for like totally blind people who have never had a visual reference for math. So, but right, yeah. You yeah. grew up seeing math problems laid out visually. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. think that's I think that's the difference there. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not the best app comparison, but there are more personal needs that you can advocate for personally that maybe yeah. being an activist for that is more of a personal need. Yeah. And I also think it's important to sort out kind of what do you need because you're blind and what do you need because of other personal experiences that you've had in your life? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you have anxiety about doing a certain task because you have an anxiety disorder or because you have past experiences that, that have you know made you feel a certain way, there's nothing wrong with that. You should always do what's best for you. But I think you have to be careful about how you present that. Like you can't say, mm-hmm. I don't do this because I'm blind. You should say, I don't do this because it makes me uncomfortable. Absolutely. Or, yes. know, things like that, I think is one of the big problems. And I think mainly what we see with all these activists is a lot of people on the internet who they talk about being blind and they have a lot of good insight as to being blind and what that's like and this can help sighted people a lot but I also think they present a lot of things as being necessary for a blind person or Mm -hmm. they can't do something or just some of the things that those people have said just in general whether that be social Mm -hmm. media or YouTube or Mm -hmm. whatever they do that you know aren't necessarily representative of the majority of blind people out there. Right. And I do think it's also important to acknowledge that a lot of these self-proclaimed activists on the internet do state at the beginning of like their posts or whatever that they don't represent the entire blind community. Like some of them definitely make that statement. But the thing that you have to understand is that even if you make that statement, and even though, you know, we know that they're not speaking for the entire blind community, and even though in the back of their mind, sighted people might know that or understand that statement, Mm -hmm. there's still assumptions going to be made from that. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, that is the world that we live in because we're living in a sighted society. This wasn't designed for us. And you know, you can say all day long that, you know, those assumptions, you know, are your problem and you can't control the assumptions that people make based on your content and things like that. But we still have to deal with those assumptions. And, you know, you can't control for every assumption ever that's going to be made. Like you, that's not a reasonable thing to expect a person to do. But I think it is important to choose what you say on the internet based somewhat on the number of assumptions that people are going to make. Like personally, I don't relate to a lot of the activists that I follow on the internet, just in terms Mm -hmm. of like day-to-day routine and skill set. My primary goal in life is as much independence as possible and as many Mm -hmm. skills as possible. I was just kind of raised to continue advancing my skill set and doing as many things for myself as possible. And of course, help is sometimes necessary or sometimes I want help because it will make my life easier or get something done quicker. But I see a lot of people just posting things where they are needing help or using help in a lot of situations that I personally don't require or want assistance in. And Mm -hmm. most of the blind people I know are capable of doing those things independently and prefer to do those things independently. And I think that contributes to a great deal of negative assumptions from people. Like I've seen some people on the internet make posts like, 
you know, accessible bathrooms are super necessary because public bathrooms are just so hard to navigate because you're blind. And I always have to have help in these public bathrooms and things like that. And yes, public bathrooms are hard. They're really hard. They're really disgusting. You have to touch everything. I hate them. Every blind person I know is not a fan of public bathrooms. But ultimately, I will go into a public bathroom and figure it out. My guide dog will find me an open stall. He will find the toilet paper and he will find the sink. It's not the end of the day. It's a minor inconvenience to me to go Mm -hmm. into a public bathroom. And I would personally, you know, rather go into a women's bathroom alone than have to like go into the opposite gender's bathroom with a friend if you know I'm with a friend with a guy friend Mm -hmm. Uh, like I don't require help to the extent that I will you know put myself in a different situation just because I'm blind obviously if there's an accessible bathroom available I will probably go into it just because my guide dog fits better but right you know I can navigate that and most blind people I know choose to navigate that And saying Mm -hmm. that you can't navigate it because you're blind isn't really an accurate reflection of the majority of the blind community. And I think, again, that goes back to don't say you can't do it because you're blind. Say you're not doing it because you're not comfortable doing it. And if you're not comfortable doing it, that's fine. Like that's, that's your personal need and choice. And I absolutely respect that. I'm sure I, you know, choose to do things differently than you do on a regular basis. And that's fine. As a, as a personal choice. Right. As a personal choice. But I think putting that out there without the context of a lot of blind people don't need this is going to cause a lot more people to approach me in public bathrooms and yeah. try to help me without me asking for or wanting, wanting that yeah. help. Mm-hmm. Like I already get that enough. I don't need more people that. putting that out there. Yeah, there, you know, there are a few things that I think I want to make very clear because sometimes I think it's difficult to separate things. And I think one of the big things that you were talking about, Macy, that I that I wholeheartedly agree with and think is extremely important is, like you said, the, the separation of what is solely because I am blind in what is my personal choice and comfort mm-hmm. level. Like I personally like to go... Like if I'm going to go to a dining hall on campus, I like to go with friends. Not every blind person is going to like that. Like Caitlin, you might want to do that and have that be a more independent thing for you. (laughs) Absolutely Uh, not. I don't do dining (laughs) halls without a person. (laughs) Right. Right. Or like go to Starbucks by yourself. I wouldn't go to Starbucks by myself. That that's no, I wouldn't do that. I doesn't seem enjoyable to me. Right. But you, (laughs) but you would. And that's, and that is you. And that is me saying, oh, I'm not going to Starbucks alone. It's not, oh, because I'm blind. That is mm-hmm. not the reason I, well, I don't really like Starbucks that much, but yeah. <laughs> outside of that fact, I like to, I'm just a very social person. I like mm-hmm. to go with friends. I like to hang out with friends. If I'm going to go out and do stuff, I usually want to have friends there right. um, just because that's just kind of me. That is my personal choice and is completely separate from me being blind. Yeah. But like, if you wanted to go into a Starbucks solo or go into anywhere solo, you could. Should you choose to do so? I could. If, yeah. yeah if, if, if I totally wanted to, I could. And mm-hmm. like I said, you know, I think it's, it's very important to separate those, those things. And especially when you're trying to be an activist for mm-hmm. certain aspects of life for blind people, like Macy said, I think before you do so, try to figure out if there are personal choices in what you're wanting to advocate for mm-hmm. that may come across as being simply because you can't see mm-hmm, like right. one of one of the examples in our summer activities podcast i talked about how i personally don't like hiking okay and it is not solely 
because I am blind. You know, if I think about it more, it's because of the fact that I used to go hiking all the time and really enjoyed it. And now that it's so different, it's, you know, it's not the same to me. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't like it. And it's kind of tough to do it because, you know, as I do it, I keep thinking, oh man, this, I would, you know, like this more if I could still see, you know, yeah, like I used to, you know, and that is, and that is a personal thing and not solely because I'm blind, but if I didn't think about it enough, I could totally say, well, technically it's because I'm blind that I don't like it anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that can come across or be portrayed as being like, I don't hike because I'm blind. And then other people will take that and run with it and assume that that means, Oh, well, all blind people wouldn't like hiking because they're blind. That is not true at all, you know? Yeah, right. Um, and it's sometimes it's hard to, you have to really think about it because I could have totally said, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really hike because I'm blind without separating and understanding that there is a, there's a deeper component to that. That is a personal choice. Absolutely. Um, right. Rather than just because I can't see. Yeah. Yes. And I also think that going back a little bit to what Caitlin said with like the situation with the bathroom and everything, there are some things that maybe aren't even posted in an activist kind of way. They aren't representing the whole blind community, but what they've said or done is going to represent the whole blind community. Like Mm -hmm. if there is an assumption that you already know people are making, like going into a bathroom, I get asked if I need help in bathrooms a lot and I Mm -hmm. don't then maybe you should think before you put something out there, you know, that's going to, that's going to make that assumption worse. There was another post that a creator made about cooking blind. And this person did say that their experience was not the experience of every blind person in that, but it was also a video that showed basically them having an extremely hard, hard time with it and ended up crying, you know, on the floor, didn't finish the the cooking Ended up having someone cook their meals for the day instead of doing it themselves. And so I think at that point, you know, okay, that is an experience that this person has had and that experience is valid and Mm -hmm. we cannot shame this person for having a problem that they have. But the question is, should that be posted on the internet for the world to see? Because everybody, when I say I'm going to college, they say, oh, and you're going to have a meal plan there, right? As in, mm-hmm. you're not going to cook for yourself, right? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I live in the dorms. So the answer is yes. But like, you know, <laughs> I, I completely could. I am 100% capable. And people just assume that we can't. And things mm-hmm. like the content that's being pushed out by some of the activists on the internet are kind of worsening the stereotypes, even though they right. aren't trying to. People are seeing this and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, man, you know, that's got to be terrible. Surely blind people don't do this. Right. Unfortunately, if you have a consistently large audience, you are always being an activist in, a, in, exactly. a, in that in that way. You are you are representing the community, whether you want to or not. If you have a consistently large audience, and the audience doesn't have, it can be kind of smaller scale. It doesn't have to be millions of people. But anytime that you do have a consistent audience of people who are also looking at your content or you as kind of their local representation of a blind person. You know what I mean? Like most of the time, especially up until this point in my life, I am the first and only blind person that a lot of people have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right. And so whether I like it or not, I am building their schema or stereotype of what a blind person is. You know what I mean? I think right. when those people think of a blind person, they're going to think of me. I don't choose that. 
and it's right. you know it's not necessarily my fault per se if they have a perception of oh well they always have to be with friends whenever they go out to eat or go do something but i do have to understand that that is something that i am portraying and if i can show people that it is a personal choice rather than just because i'm blind that i'm doing that right you know, anything that you can do is important and that is also true for influencers you know i know of you know an influencer who was talking about their experience with um you know having a guide dog and the confrontations that occur with having a guide dog you know when you want to go into a restaurant and they're like no you can't come in there and you absolutely can and there is a bit of a confrontation involved and it can be stressful and i think this person was portraying it to them personally as being very very anxiety inducing but also talked about how the fact that they have an anxiety disorder and right. i think that was a good way of saying like i think this is also more personally influenced than it is just an entire problem for all of the blind community yes it is absolutely extremely frustrating when you want to get in an uber and they're like no you know what i mean or they just drive mm -hmm. by or you want to go to a restaurant and they start yelling at you saying oh you can't have this dog and you know my restaurant because you know when the harness is on they're not just a dog you know what i mean they, they are a mobility aid and that that is frustrating and for some people that is can be extremely anxiety inducing and very very stressful with, with that kind of confrontation so you know and explaining that hey you know this for me personally is extremely difficult um i think is that is the separation that we were talking about that I think is important. Right. I also just think it's important to acknowledge here too that I think every blind person ever feels kind of this societal pressure to be like this perfect blindie and this mm -hmm. great yeah. activist and representative and advocate all the time and to like never, you know, have a dumb blindie blunder or mess up or just have a bad day or let the world see that you're having a bad day. Like there's this pressure that I think most of us feel in some to, at some point yeah you know at some point to just have it all together and all the time that's <laughs> not realistic in day-to-day -day life like it's okay to have a bad day it's okay if you fall down the stairs and yeah. people see like stuff is going to happen and you don't always have to have your life together and you know sometimes it's just a lot and you're exhausted and you have finals and you want to buy your friend <laughs> coffee in exchange for walking you to class so you don't have to deal with the public and that's okay yeah. and i don't think you necessarily you know always have to have your advocate hat on and you don't always have to be obviously thinking about these things in your day-to-day -day life like it's okay to just live your life mm -hmm. and i think it's important to say that you know obviously the public is gonna kind of put this pressure on you like they're gonna ask questions and do things based on assumptions but it's okay to just go about your business without always trying to educate mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. also the other side of that is if you have an audience like cole was saying mm -hmm. that pressure kind of increases whether you like it or not and i'm not trying to you know criticize or shame anybody for how they're doing things or the choices that they make but you do have a responsibility to carefully think about the things that you put on the internet you are kind of put in a position where you do kind of have to you know be a good advocate at least in the content that you put out like in your day-to-day -day life of course not but if it's going to go on the internet you do have a responsibility to not let the world see, you know, the things that are going to cause them to, you know, make, to make assumptions and have this 
negative perception of Mm -hmm. the skills of the blind community. Like it's okay to put it out there and say, Hey, this is really hard for me and a lot of blind people, but you know, here's what I'm doing to work through this. And ultimately I can do it. But if you just put it out there sort of in this light of this is one of those things that I can't do because I'm blind and it's really hard and I'm just never going to be able to do that, then that's going to make it really hard on a lot of people. I think it is so easy for people to make wrong or negative assumptions that we, at least when you have a large audience, doing what you can to not make it easier mm-hmm. is 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 important. You know, don't, or at least try your best not mm-hmm. to give people an avenue yes, to make right. those assumptions even easier and let it just, because it's already going to happen. It, it, and unfortunately, it's going to happen no matter what. So anything we can do to not add more is important. When I say we, I mean people with an audience. Um, right. Anyone who um, has any kind of public platform, regardless of the size of their audience. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're with your friends, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. live, live your life, tell them, man, today I tried to cook and avert myself. And then I curled up in the fetal position and just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. I, Express yeah, how you absolutely. feel. Cause that's, and it's, I think it's also important to talk. I think it's another important thing on the flip side. I think to sometimes say that we don't always have it together because I feel like mm-hmm. especially Definitely. in the media it is seen as everybody has it together all the time uh-huh. all blind right. people have it together all the time because that's what everyone's trying to portray and so right. for some people that makes it harder whenever they personally don't feel like they have it together and they're right. like well why does everyone else have it together and right. I I can't speak for everybody I certainly don't have it together all the time and I yeah, know a lot of other blind people that don't either you know Most I mean? sightlings don't have it together all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so nobody's perfect. It's, yeah, it's okay <laughs> to have bad days. Everybody has bad days. I will yes. say that. I right. think it's definitely important to acknowledge the struggle. Like the struggle is real and certain things are really, really hard. But I also think there's a difference in saying, hey, this is hard. And then they're showing you crying on the floor over a daily task and not expressing how you can better yourself. But then again, my goal is always, you know, more skills, more independence. And I'm not shaming anybody for needing help at all. Like I absolutely need help in my day-to-day life sometimes. But, you know, if you're showing you crying over a simple task on the internet, then not showing yourself also overcoming that. I think it's just, you know, that's where the struggle is now your content instead of, hey, this is how blind people do this. Or, you know, this is how you can help. Or acknowledging that, hey, like this is a simple task maybe for other people. But for me personally, there is other factors right. that is yes. making this harder and, and, and bringing it beyond just blindness, right? Mm-hmm. Like just like I was talking about with, with the hiking example of saying like, that's a simple task for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's But it's really hard for me because of, outside factors that right. technically are like yeah it's because i can't see now and i used to be able to that make that really difficult but it's not a can't mm-hmm. um it's just this personally is very hard for me because of these other outside factors and so i think separating that and so you know if if cooking is for you personally that is something that is difficult for you it is that is okay it is okay to have that be a personal difficulty like you know yes, like hiking absolutely. is for me um, and it may be a simple task for others. It's not for you because 
you have your own personal experience that has shaped how you uh, experience tasks and what you find is easy and what you find is hard. And that's okay. But knowing that it's not solely because you can't see and separating those things like we like, like Macy was the first one to say is extremely important. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that like Caitlin kind of said, you should always be striving to be better. And there's a difference between hiking and cooking. And that difference is that Hiking is a leisure activity and it's something that you do because you enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy hiking, there's no reason why you should need to go for a hike. But cooking is something that is necessary for, I mean, living independently, unless you can afford to, you know, have delivery or have someone cook for you. I mean, it is one of those skills that you, you really do need to know as any kind of person who wants to be independent and live on your own. And I think that it's important to say, you know, if you're going to have the kind of content showing the struggle, like Caitlin said, you should also have the content showing this is what I'm going to do to fix it. You know, if I had this problem, I think I would have, alrighty, well, I'm going to do this all week. And I may cry on the floor every night, but I'm going to learn how to cook. You got to have that determination in there. Mm -hmm. And then as far as like the Um, you know, portraying the blind community. One thing that I think we can all promise from Challenge Solutions is that you're getting the real deal. We don't, we don't sugarcoat things here, but we also Mm -hmm. aren't playing the victim. So, you know, you have to be careful about what you're putting out there. Of course, this is a conversation. This is a conversation that we're all having and people are going to have different opinions about it and that's okay. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the important part is to really dig before you start the camera or before you start recording and or before you hit out, that post button yes yep. what do you want to say and is this saying that thing because right. like right. cole said you know blind people are like unicorns you know you see one and oh my gosh that's amazing and uh-huh. it may be the only blind person you ever see or if you're an influencer you may be what is shaping all of your audience's view of people who are blind mm-hmm. so you know, I think it's important and we do our best here, of course, to to really lay it out the way it is and to, like Cole said, make those separations and separate between, well, you know, this is because I'm blind. Well, I do it this way or, you know, this is because right. of an experience that I had in the past. It's important to make those lines clear to mm-hmm. keep people as best we can from making those assumptions because it's not wrong to post your life and the experiences that you have, mm-hmm. but- it is wrong to attribute the problems you have to a disability that doesn't necessarily cause those problems. Exactly. Right. And yeah. you know, there, there are some exceptions, you know, if we can't drive, we legally can't drive. <laughs> no, no one you wants us I mean? flying a like, plane or being a brain surgeon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But there, you know, things like cooking those necessary tools, I think is a great, is a great distinction. Uh, yes. That you were saying. No. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Like cooking, cleaning, paying your bills, getting those like day-to-day life tasks done Mm -hmm. is something that you have to do. And here's the thing. If you choose to pay someone to clean your house and you have the means to do that, go you. That's still getting the tasks done. And if that's how you choose to do it, I can't fault you for that. Once I have the means to do so and I'm living in a house instead of a tiny apartment, I'll probably pay somebody to come in once a month and scrub my floors just because sometimes I miss large patches of dog hair and have no idea. And if I can afford to, I will. But you know, if I can't afford that or if I choose not to, I'll find a way to clean and I'll get it done. And you know, if there's dust somewhere random or whatever and I miss it, it's not 
the end of the world, but I am doing my best. I'm not living in squalor just because I'm blind. And you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. starving just because I'm blind. No, sometimes I choose not to put myself through cooking, not necessarily because I'm blind, you know, I can cook decently, but I sometimes choose not to because there are things I would rather do. And that's a personal choice to eat ramen that week (laughs) (laughs) or to spend money on DoorDash instead of, you know, saving it or whatever. I never mm-hmm. spend money that I don't have, but if I have it, I may choose to DoorDash that week because, mm-hmm. you know, delivery pizza is great. <laughs> right. You, can, you can't just wave the white flag, roll over and just be right. upset. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. It is okay to be upset, but you can't just do that. You can't just right. constantly be the victim. Point. That can't yeah. be the only thing you, can, you do. Um, you have you to eventually get up. Event- yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It is okay to sit there and be real upset about it. It can't be the sole thing that you do. You know, if there is something that's it is absolutely, totally okay. And by all means, be upset about it and and express how you're upset about it with a friend or a family member. And just, you know, that is, that is okay. But that can't be the only thing you do. You have to eat at some point, or you have to make sure that you can be okay if you don't have help. You know what right. I mean? Because that is, that's, you have to live and you can't, you can't just roll over and stop because it's not going to help you in the future. And it is, but it is okay, you know, in the moment or even, even if it's more than just once, you know, to be upset about the same thing a few yeah. times, that's okay. Definitely. Totally okay. As long as you know that you're you know going to keep trying to make sure that you are going to be able to at least be all right. And that you're going to make it in, in terms of, you know, whether, whether it's cooking, being like, yeah, you know what, if I have no other option, I need to know how to give me something to eat. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you can't just sit there and be like, well, I guess I'm not going to eat today. Yeah. You, right. you can't, you can't do that to yourself. It's not. Exactly. Not yeah. There are some days where, you know, I may have a terrible day dealing with people or I may do something dumb and blindy or yep. you know, just have a bad day in general. And I may come in and sit on my yoga mat and cry into a bottle of root beer and yep. order <laughs> delivery Panda Express and just hate my life for the evening. But then ultimately I suck it up and get off that yoga mat and do it mm-hmm. all over again the next day and learn how to do it better. Like yep. you can't mm-hmm. just, you can't live in fear and you can't just mm-hmm. live in a mm-hmm. place of stasis where you just don't advance. Like if you let fear of being the victim or fear of failure rule your life, you're never going to do anything with your life. Yeah. And my philosophy is, well, if you're afraid of it and it's something that you want to do or that you think will better your skill set or your confidence or your life, look fear in the face and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I got on an airplane at 17 and was terrified to do so, but flew to Michigan yep. by myself and that was a life-changing experience. So yeah, so right. I think, I think it's, it's important to always be growing. Definitely. Right. In general. If you right. are always afraid of failure, then you won't allow yourself to succeed. If you're constantly afraid of going out and, you know, having to deal with stupid sighted people assumptions, you're not going to make it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If, if I got completely torn up about every dumb thing, a sighted person would go, it would be a miserable life. Miserable existence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and and maybe that is a bit of an over-exaggeration, but yeah, you know, if, can't constantly get hung up on everything but it is okay to every now and then like you said just lay down and be like man this sucks 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. also and important okay. to acknowledge too that sightlings have bad days too, and this is just oh, our yeah. version of a bad oh, day. Yeah. For sure. Oh yeah. Everybody yeah. has their own problems. Ours, at least in terms of blindness, are just more outwardly apparent. That you know, there are people. You know, mental health is not sometimes visible on the outside, and so other people can have some ex- you know extreme problems with that. And you are not alone in doing that and in, in having those struggles. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's super important to acknowledge that we all have our struggles, and you know, we're all going through different things, and that you know, Everybody, it's just. Yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're definitely not the only one dealing with that and that you can always, you know, eventually get up and grow through it or work through it or, you know, you might decide not to continue, but it's still important to, you know, look those problems in the face and deal with them and figure out how you can sort of overcome those struggles and, you know, ultimately help yourself have a better day in the future. With all that being said, I think we have been rambling about a lot of things for a very long time. (laughs) So we need to wrap this thing up now. We hope that you found this insightful or helpful or learned something from this. And if you disagree with anything we said, that's okay. This is always going to be a platform for conversation and discussion and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. sharing perspectives and educating each other. So definitely feel free to let us know what you think in the comments on our blog post or via our contact form or, you know, on any of our platforms around the internet, just be respectful about it. That's all we ask is that you respectfully share your opinion and we will respectfully, you know, respond to you, but definitely let us know what you think about the episode. Please share this podcast with your friends and family. We would love to see our podcast grow and have a wider audience because we are really excited about what we're doing here. We hope you are too. So we would love to see you pass this link on to some others that you think could benefit from this blind or sighted or unicorns or whoever you want to share this with the people Uh, that try to let you feel their faces yes send this to all the people you know who have ever made an assumption about you if you're blind they need to hear this that's probably not why you're getting this don't be offended yes (laughs) yes don't be offended just put this on your facebook's people pass this link around facebook let's get it moving But uh, yes, please share this. Remember that you can subscribe to the Challenge Solutions blog, podcast, and YouTube channel for more content like this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and sticking with us for all of this that we've rambled about. And remember that you can stay tuned for the blooper reel to hear us totally lose it. (laughs) (laughs) Must consent. Yes. Give me your consentation. It's just consent. This is a game of consentation. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to go anywhere good. Oh, I hit my pop filter with my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That basically our reactions, though, to everything. I guess so. Me. You're like, calm down. Think about it. Me. I'm going to get more caffeine. Uh Uh-oh. I just got the your internet connection is unstable banner. Uh Uh-oh. At least you're recording. I'm going to stop that sentence there. Oh, we got to cut that. (laughs) I think we should leave it. No, no, I cannot diss that lot of this podcast. They will come for us. Oh, that's so funny. Can you guys hear my cat? No. No. All right. Well, tell me if you ever can. Yeah. And I feel like... (laughs) What was I going to say? You can hear, Caitlin? Yeah. Oh, you're recording. All right, I'll be back.
He's gonna jump on the keyboard again, so be ready for that. Well, I'm gonna take this opportunity to sweep the rest of my coffee. No, 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 you have to. Uh, she's <laughs> putting herself behind my laptop. Oh, that's Ooh. not okay. She gonna close it. It's a two-layer desk yeah. kind of situation, and she's going into a little cranny. Hey, <laughs> you have to come. No, you can't do this. Oh, she's laying down and purring. <laughs> In the cranny? <laughs> yeah. Her head is literally right by the mic. She can't stay here. I don't know how to get her out. She's yeah. finally made her post. <laughs> oh dear. Now she will finally oh. get to speak on the phone. She's podcast. coming out. All right, all right. I know the headphones are coming out of my ears. I have cat hair in my nostrils. I'm sorry. I promise it's not as bad as Labrador hair in your nostrils. <laughs> I'm very aware of what Labrador hair does to my nostrils. <laughs> hey, uh, we have a problem. What were okay. we saying? I have no clue. I used to have a, when I had, like, when I could see, I had, a, like, a six plus. That thing's like a friggin' piece of toast. Oh, this whole section's gonna have to go, and I'm not sure what we said last. Activism, which we're gonna talk about in a second, is, like, ex advocating for the entire blind community. What you say when you are activating it. What do you say? What's the verb form of activism? What did I say before that? Activating? No, no, before that. I, I got, I just have to, to yeah. think with my, my noggin. Do you think with anything other than your noggin? Occasionally I use my left pinky toe. How does that go? Uh, not too well. Hold on, we have to give her time to noggin think. Yeah, I think my, my pinky toe is trying to butt in here. That's why I'm having such a problem. Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it seems like you'd be interrupting the train of thought. Oh, yeah, it really takes it right off the track. Disruptive. What you're doing when you're being an activist. Wait, we have sirens. Oh, what? Uh oh, have you enjoyed? What? Oh, oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> What's uh, a Labrador? Well, I should have done that, but I did not. He was snoozling, and now he is coming to say hello. Moose. <laughs> I was licking herself on my floor. Yeah. Do you guys hear her rolling around on a harps bag? Yes. Okay. I'm ready to spew this sentence out my face hole. You know, that, that is, I think, a more... Oh. Really? Really, bro? Okay. I am... Hold on. <laughs> Add my headphones backwards. Oh, Everybody why is this rolling on the bag again? Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh. I think they're weed eating. <laughs> oh, no is important, and I'm you're not going to cover everybody. What? My cat meowed. Ah, dang it. It may not necessarily, really, <laughs> really, necessary. I feel like there should be a way to use that word, but I can't think about it. Like, like, necessary? Like cleaning or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> My cleaning is necessary, but then that sounds stupid. Or if there's ever a situation where you need to make a mess. No, 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 <laughs> buddy. Allowed an attack. I thought you were just that aggressive about my definition of necessary. Sorry, <laughs> he put his feet up on my keyboard and put his snout in my eyeball. I think he's concerned oh. about the weed eater out there. I do I still have coffee? I think it might be cold now. Oh, that's unfortunate. Mm. Uh -huh. well, <sighs> I can't stop it. I just ran a marathon. It's dimmed. Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. 
<laughs> Guys, I'm gonna cry. Is it normal for me to have a record button? Uh-uh. Do you think the host switched when the Wi-Fi went weird? I think the host might have switched when the Wi-Fi went weird.